0: Well, a habit is a redundant set of automatic unconscious thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that's acquired through repetition. A habit is when you've done done something so many times that your body now knows how to do it better than your mind. So if you think about it, people wake up in the morning, uh, they begin to think about their problems. Those problems are circuits of memories in the brain. Each one of those memories are connected to people, and things at certain times and places, and if the brain is a record of the past, the moment they start their day, they're already thinking in the past. Each one of those memories has an emotion. Emotions are the end product of past experiences. So the moment they recall those memories of their problems, they all of a sudden feel unhappy, they feel sad, they feel pain. Now, how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So the person's entire state of being when they start their day is in the past. So what does that mean? The familiar past will sooner or later be predictable future. So if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny and you can't think greater than how you feel or feelings have become the means of thinking, by very definition of emotions, you're thinking in the past. And for the most part, you're gonna keep creating the same life. So then people grab their cell phone, they check their whatsapp they check their texts they check their emails they check facebook they take a picture of their feet they post it on facebook they tweet something they do instagram uh, they check the news and now they feel really connected to everything that's known in their life and then they go through a series of routine behaviors they get out of bed on the same side they go to the toilet they get a cup of coffee they take a shower they get dressed they drive to work the same way they do the same things they see the same people they push the same emotional buttons and that becomes the routine and it becomes like a program so now they've lost their free will to a program and there's no unseen hand doing it to them so when it comes time to change the redundancy of that cycle becomes a subconscious program so now 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a memorized set of behaviors emotional reactions unconscious habits hardwired attitudes beliefs and perceptions that function like a computer program. So then person can say with their 5% of their conscious mind, I wanna be healthy, I wanna be happy, I wanna be free. But the body's on a whole different program. So then how do you begin to make those changes? Well, you have to get beyond the analytical mind because what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. And that's where meditation comes in because you can teach people through practice how to change their brainwaves slow them down and when they do that properly they do enter the operating system where they can begin to make some really important changes so um, most people then wait for crisis or trauma or disease or diagnosis you know they wait for loss uh, some tragedy to make up their mind to change and my message is why wait and and you can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration I think right now
1: the cool thing is that people are waking up That's really interesting. And where I found the the deepest hooks into how powerful this can be for somebody is when you talk about trauma. And you've talked about how people experience a traumatic event, but they then basically rehearse it and how that then has this knock-on effect. So what is that? Why do people find it so hard to get past trauma?
0: The stronger the emotional reaction you have to some experience in your life, the higher the emotional quotient, The more you pay attention to the cause, the moment the brain puts all of its attention on the cause, it takes a snapshot, and that's called a memory. So long-term memories are created from very highly um, uh, emotional experiences. So what happens then is that people think neurologically within the circuitry of that experience, and they feel chemically within the boundaries of those emotions. And so when you have an emotional reaction to someone or something, most people think that they can't control their emotional reaction. Well, it turns out if you allow that emotional reaction, it's called a refractory period to last for hours or days, that's called the mood. I say to someone, Hey, what's up? You so I'm in a mood. Well, why are you in a mood? Well, I had this thing happen to me five days ago and I'm having one long emotional reaction. If you keep that same emotional reaction going on for weeks or months, that's called temperament. Why is he so bitter? I don't know. Let's ask him. Why is he so bitter? Why are you bitter? Well, I had this thing happen to me nine months ago. And if you keep that same emotional reaction going on for years on end, that's called a personality trait. And so, learning how to shorten your refractory period of emotional reactions is really where the work starts. So then, People when they have an event, what they do is they keep recalling the event because the the emotions of stress hormones, the survival emotions, are saying pay attention to what happened because you want to be prepared if it happens again. Turns out most people spend 70% of their life living in survival and living in stress so they're, they're always anticipating the worst case scenario based on a past experience and they're literally Out of the infinite potentials in the quantum field, they're selecting the worst possible outcome and they're beginning to emotionally embrace it with fear and they're conditioning their body into a state of fear. Do that enough times? Body has a panic attack without you. You you can't even predict it because it's programmed subconsciously. So then you say to the person, why are you this way? And they'll say, I am this way because of this event that happened to me 15 or 20 years ago. And what that means from a biological standpoint is that they haven't been able to change since that event. So then the emotions from the experience tend to give the body and the brain a rush of energy. So people become addicted to the rush of those emotions and they use the problems and conditions in their life to reaffirm their limitation so at least they can feel something. So now when it comes time to change, you say to the person, why are you this way? Well, every time they recall the event, They're producing the same chemistry in their brain and body as if the event is occurring. Firing and wiring the same circuits and sending the same emotional signature to the body. Well, what's the relevance behind that? Well, your body is the unconscious mind. It doesn't know the difference between the experience that's creating the emotion and the emotion that you're creating by thought alone. So the body's believing. It's living in the same past experience, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so then when those emotions influence certain thoughts, and they do, and then those thoughts create the same emotions and those same emotions influence the same thoughts, now the entire person's uh, state of being is in the past. So then the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before, period. And the moment you decide to make a different choice, get ready because it's going to feel uncomfortable the bigger thing is that we we keep firing and wiring those circuits they become more hardwired so there you have a thought and then the program runs but it's the emotion that follows the thought if you have a if you have a fearful thought you're gonna feel anxiety the moment you feel anxiety your brains checking in with your body and saying yeah you're pretty anxious so then you start thinking more corresponding thoughts equal to how you feel Well, the redundancy of that cycle conditions the body to become the mind. So now, when it comes time to change, a person steps into that river of change and they make a different choice and all of a sudden, they don't don't feel the same way. So the body says, well, you've been doing this for 35 years, Uh, you're going to just stop suffering and stop feeling guilty and stop feeling shameful and you're not going to complain or blame or make excuses or feel sorry for yourself. Well, (laughs) the body's in the unknown. So the body says, I want to return back to familiar territory. So the body starts influencing the mind, and it says, start tomorrow. You're too much like your mother. You'll never change. This isn't going to work for you. This doesn't feel right. Uh, And so if you respond to that thought as if it's true, that same thought will lead to the same choice, which will lead to the same behavior, which will create the same experience,
1: which will produce the same emotion. I want to talk about that notion of, Give me a little more detail on what you mean by the body becomes the mind or the unconscious mind. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, those are two different things. Your body is your unconscious
0: mind. In a sense, if you're sitting down and you start thinking about uh, some future worst case scenario that you're conjuring up in your mind and you begin to feel the emotion of that event, your body doesn't know the difference between the event. It's taking place in your world outer world and what you're creating by emotion or thought alone So most people then They're they're constantly Reaffirming their emotional states. So when it comes time to give up that emotion They can say I really want to do it But really the body is stronger than the mind because it's been conditioned that way. So the servant now has become the master And the person, all of a sudden, once they step into that unknown, they'd rather feel guilt and suffering, because at least they can predict it. Being in the unknown is a scary place for most people, because the unknown is uncertain. people say to me, well, I can't predict my future. I'm in the unknown, and I always say the best way to predict your future is to create it. Not from the known, but from the unknown. What thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors do you want to demonstrate in one day? The act of rehearsing them mentally, closing your eyes and rehearsing the action. The rehearsing the reaction of what you want or the yeah, action of what the you action want. of what you want. By closing your eyes and mentally rehearsing some action. If you're truly present, the brain does not know the difference between what you're imaging and what you're experiencing in 3D world. So then you begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like the event has already occurred. Now your brain is no longer a record of the past. Now it's a map to the future. And if you keep doing it, priming it that way, the hardware becomes a software program. And who knows? You just may start acting like a happy person. And then I think the the hardest part is to teach our body emotionally what the future will feel like ahead of the actual experience. So what does that mean? You can't wait for your success to feel empowered. You can't wait for your wealth to feel abundant. You can't wait for your your new relationship to feel love, or uh, uh, your healing to feel whole. I mean, that's the old model of reality of cause and effect. you know, waiting for something outside of us to change how we feel inside of us. And when we feel better inside of us, we pay attention to whoever or whatever caused it. But what that means then is that from the Newtonian world is that most people spend their whole life living in lack, waiting for something to change out there. What do you mean the Newtonian world? The Newtonian world is all about the predictable. It's all about predicting a future. But the quantum model of reality is, is about causing an effect. The moment you start feeling abundant and worthy, you are generating wealth. The moment you're empowered and feel it, you're beginning to step towards your success. The moment you start feeling whole, your healing begins. And when you love yourself and you love all of life, you'll create an equal. And now you're causing an effect. And I think that's the, the difference between living as a victim In your world saying I am this way because of this person or that thing or this experience they made me think and feel this way when you switch that around you become a creator of your world and you start saying my thinking and my feeling is changing an outcome in my life and now
1: that's a whole different game and we start believing more that we're creators of reality so, how do we go from, okay, I have this negative emotion, it's controlling my life, it's got me in this cycle of, I think about this emotion which triggers a chemical reaction, which trains my body to feel that way, which makes it easier, more likely I will do it again, and so now I'm, I'm in this vicious cycle. And unconscious, and it's unconscious. Right, and you, um, you said, does your thinking create your environment, or does your environment create your thinking, which I thought was really, really interesting. So how do we then go from that, like mechanistically, Mm -hmm. to begin this visualization process of something that's empowering, it's me in a different state, it's my future self, is it meditation, is it, what does that look like? If you're not being defined by a vision of the future, then you're left
0: with the old memories of the past and you will be predictable in your life. And if you wake up in the morning and you're not being defined by a vision of the future, As you see the same people, and you go to the same places, and you do the exact same thing at the exact same time, it's no longer that your personality is creating your personal reality. Now your personal reality is affecting or creating your personality. Your environment is really controlling how you think and feel unconsciously. Because every person, everything, every place, every experience has a neurological network in your brain. Every experience that you have with every person produces an emotion. So some people will use their boss to reaffirm their addiction to judgment. They'll use their enemy to reaffirm their addiction to hatred. They'll use their friends to reaffirm their addiction to suffering. So now they need the outer world to feel something. So to change them is to be greater than your environment, to be greater than the conditions in your world. And the environment is that seductive. So then why is meditation the tool? Well, let's sit down let's close our eyes let's disconnect from your outer environment so if you're seeing less things there's less stimulation going to your brain if you're playing soft music or you have ear plugs in less sensory information coming to your brain so you're disconnecting from your environment if you can sit your body down and tell it to stay like an animal stay right here I'm going to feed you when we're done. You can get up and check your emails. You can do all your texts. But right now you're going to sit there and obey me. So then when you do that properly and you're not eating anything or smelling anything or tasting anything, you're not up experiencing and feeling anything, you would have to agree with me that you're being defined by a thought, right? So when the body wants to go back to its emotional past, and you become aware that your attention is on that emotion and where you place your attention is where you place your energy. You're siphoning your energy out of the present moment into the past and you become aware of that and you settle your body back down in the present moment because it's saying, well, it's eight o'clock, you normally get upset because you're in traffic around this time and here you are sitting and we're used to feeling anger and you're off schedule. Oh, it's 11 o'clock and you usually check your emails and judge everybody. Well." The body's looking for that that predictable chemical state. Every time you become aware that you're doing that and your body is craving those emotions and you settle it back down into the present moment, you're telling the body it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind. And now your will is getting greater than the program. And if you keep doing this over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, just like training a stallion or a dog, it's just gonna say, I'm gonna sit. And the moment that happens, and the body's no longer the mind, when it finally surrenders, there's a liberation of energy. We go from particle to wave, from matter to energy, and we free ourselves from the chains of those emotions that keep us in the, in the familiar past, and we've seen this thousands of times. In fact, we can actually predict it now on a brain scan.